Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve Slonwhite. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. I hope you had a great week in your business. Now imagine this scenario. Say that you have a very important client and you've been assigned to write a white paper and you've been working on that white paper for the past couple of weeks, but you fell a little bit behind. And suddenly you realize that the deadline to submit the first draft to the client is tomorrow and he needs it by noon. And it's about 3.30 in the afternoon today and you barely got the uh, first draft even started. You may not even have written the first page yet, so you're under a lot of stress. Uh, What is called in the freelancing world, deadline stress. And deadline stress can be crushing and demoralizing and certainly very, very stressful. So that's what I want to talk about in this podcast episode is just a few practical strategies on how to deal with deadline stress. Because deadline stress is more important and I think a more a bigger issue than you might think. Uh, deadline stress can suck all the joy out of freelance copywriting. You could have a thriving business, but if you can't deal with the stress of meeting deadlines consistently, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to enjoy your work. And it's like a domino effect after that. If you're not really enjoying what you're doing because you're stressed about deadlines and you end up not doing very good work and you're not happy with your business and clients suddenly are not happy with your work anymore and it goes on and on like that. So clearly you need to have some practical strategies on how to deal with deadline stress. So let me give you some, some, just some practical ideas on how to do that. The first um, tip that I wanted to give you, and this has worked very well for me, is schedule your work on a calendar. It doesn't matter what kind of calendar you use. It could be iCal if you use a, uh, a Mac, or it can be any kind of calendar program that you can find on your computer, any kind of scheduling program. You could have a, a paper uh, calendar or notebook of some kind, uh, a, a time saver uh, kit that, ha- that you can schedule things in. I mean, it doesn't matter what system you use. It can be a piece of paper you know, whatever it is, but you want to schedule your work on a calendar. For And here's how it works. For example, let's say you're working on that white paper project. You want to be able to put on your calendar, okay, in order for me to, to come up with, a, with a, um, a rough draft by tomorrow, I'm going to have to uh, work on it from 3 o'clock till 5 o'clock today, and then maybe for another hour after dinner from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock tonight, that's three hours, and then tomorrow, I'm going to have to start at 8 and work through till 12 o'clock. So i got to schedule those chunks of time in my calendar. 3 to 5, 8 to 9, tomorrow from 8 to 12. And I should have a, a fairly good, albeit a rough draft, tomorrow. So you need to be able to schedule your work in a calendar. Don't just sit back and work on projects here and there and have really no idea when you're going to work on what or how long it's going to take. You want to schedule your work on a calendar. When you can do that, then you can see the big picture of what your day and your week and your month is like. And that way you can avoid scheduling too much 
that causes uh, deadline stress. I mean, I've, I'm guilty of that. I often schedule too much and get into trouble. For example, if you schedule your work carefully throughout the week and you know which blocks of time you're going to be working on, which projects, and you schedule that throughout the week, then you can see how busy you are. And if you have another project that comes up that doesn't fit in your schedule, then you can negotiate that with the client. You can say, hey, you know, I'm booked up this week. I don't have time in my schedule. Can we start work on this project next Monday? And I, and I, can, I can schedule you in next Monday and, and have plenty of time for your project. Most clients are amenable to that kind of discussion. So schedule your work in a calendar. Don't just guess. Don't just have it in your head. Put it on a calendar. And the second tip I want to give you is related to the first tip. And that is, don't be ambitious when you schedule your work in a calendar. Now, when you, are, when you set a goal for yourself, goals are by nature stressful. I mean, if you're just going to set a goal uh, to run a marathon this year, what a wonderful goal. But there's stress related to that. you got to do extra training. You have to get out there every day and train. You have to... Uh, run a bit more each each day. You got to do long runs once a week. I mean, and some of that stuff is hard to do and stressful. It's a it's a mountain that you're climbing. That's why they call it a goal. But you don't want to make your scheduling projects ambitious in that way. You don't want to do something like you know what I have this case study to write on Friday morning, and usually it takes me four hours, but I'm going to schedule three hours and see if I can get it done in three hours, and be really ambitious about about how you're going to how long things are going to take that just causes unnecessary deadline stress and you don't want to do that in fact you want to do just the opposite when you're scheduling project work in your calendar you want to give yourself plenty of time if you think it normally takes 2 hours to get something done uh, schedule 3 hours if it's going to take you 10 hours to write a longer project schedule 12 hours Always overestimate how long it's going to take you to do a project and then schedule those chunks of time in your calendar. Hey, if you get it done earlier, that's wonderful. Now you have some bonus time to do some other things and get ahead of your schedule. Wouldn't that be nice? Okay, so don't be ambitious when it comes to scheduling things. Do exactly the opposite. Schedule plenty of time for all the projects that you need to do when you're scheduling those chunks of time. In your calendar. So that's tip number two. Tip number three, avoid feeling robbed. Now this is an interesting tip, but a very practical and useful one. Sometimes what happens is, as freelance copywriters, is we have perhaps more work than we can handle, or we're up against a very tight deadline, and we have to work extra hours. We have to work maybe a few hours in the evening, or a few hours on the weekend. And the problem with that is that it creates a stress that we feel robbed. We feel like, hey, I'd rather spend Thursday evening with my family uh, watching television or, or doing something else. And instead, I got to sit here and write this case study or write this website. And you feel robbed. Avoid that feeling of feeling robbed. Because if you do, that just makes the stress worse. And it can actually affect your productivity. You won't be able to write as, as, uh, uh, as well and as quickly as you normally would simply because you're, you're sitting there Saturday afternoon 
writing something for a client and you're looking out your window and seeing kids playing on the street and you're thinking, I wish I was out with my family today, but I'm stuck here having to write this client project on a Saturday afternoon, grumble, grumble. And, you know, that creates a very unique kind of stress. Avoid that feeling altogether because it'll, it'll just make things worse. Now, how do you avoid that feeling? What I do is, and this goes back to tip number one and two, is I schedule the time. For example, if I'm up against a deadline and I realize I have to work Thursday evening, what I'll do is I'll schedule that time early on. I'll say, okay, right after dinner, I'm going to work on this project from 7 to 8.30, an hour and a half. If I got to work an hour or so in the evening, I'll work from 7 to 8.30. And then at 8.30, I'm done. And then I can go and spend some time with my wife, and my daughter, and or watch TV or, or walk the dog or do whatever I like to do in the evening. But uh, so I, I schedule it that way. Or weekends, for example, if I have to work three, four, five hours on the weekend to get a project done that I'm behind on, what I'll do is I'll work on those, those projects first thing in the morning. I'll schedule it in my weekend calendar. I'll say, okay, Saturday morning from 8 to 10, and Sunday morning from 8 to 10, I'm going to work on Project X because I'm behind on it and I'm up against a deadline. And four hours should be plenty of time to get that project done on the weekend. So I'll schedule it in my calendar and then I schedule it early in my calendar so I have the rest of the day to enjoy myself. Okay, at 10 o'clock Saturday, I'm done for Saturday and I can freely go out and spend time with my family and enjoy myself. Sunday, I got to work from 8 to 8 to 10, but the same thing, rest of the day, I can enjoy myself. So don't, so avoid feeling that, that sense of being robbed of your personal time or your family time or time that you don't want to work. Instead, use that scheduling technique, schedule your time carefully, and then, you know, simply do the work during that time. I find it works quite well to avoid that feeling of being robbed. And here's another tip. Don't make your client the solution. Now, if you're up against a tight deadline and you're under a lot of pressure, you might feel the urge to contact your client and try to get an extension on your deadline. You may tell them a hard luck story about something happened that caused you to... uh, Uh, have to miss the deadline or give them some other reason, but you might want to contact your client and renegotiate your deadline. I urge you not to do that unless it's absolutely necessary. Now, you might find that your client is very friendly and obliging and they might say, oh, sure, okay, take a couple more days on that project. That's all right. And you might think you're off the hook, but you're really not because even if the client is friendly and obliging, they're going to remember. They're going to remember that you missed a deadline. They are. Don't think they aren't. They are. <laughs> okay. They're going to remember that you missed a deadline, that you failed to deliver on your promise. And they're going to remember that for next time. And you're going to be pegged in their mind as a writer who doesn't deliver on time. They may like a lot of other things about your writing, but you are the writer who doesn't deliver on time. and They can't count on you. Okay, so you don't want to leave that impression. So unless it's absolutely necessary, meet your deadline. Don't try to make your client the solution by asking your client to be inconvenienced and extending your deadline because you didn't get the job done on time. Okay, sometimes you have to do it. It's absolutely necessary. I realize there are family emergencies and health problems and things that happen that can completely torpedo 
your schedule. It certainly happened to me many times over my career, over my career. But unless that's absolutely necessary, meet your deadline. Don't try to negotiate a new deadline with your client. Now, here's another tip. And this tip is um, a little difficult simply because I don't really have a good strategy on how to do it. I can only tell you to do it. <laughs> I know it sounds strange, but here it is. Start now, not later. Now, my daughter, to give you an example of how this works, my daughter who's in college, she'll often tell me, she'll say, Dad, I'm going to watch TV for about an hour, watch my favorite show, and then I'm going to do my homework afterwards for an hour. And she has a plan in her mind that way. But you know what? You know, I can't say much to her because she's in college, and what can I say? But I suspect that if she did her homework first for an hour and then watched television for an hour, not only would she get more homework done, but she'd be under a lot less pressure and she'd enjoy watching television for an hour that much more. Okay, so start now, not later. If you have a tough deadline to meet, instead of blocking off two hours in your calendar this afternoon and thinking that you're covered, you're far better off, if you can, to start now. Even doing an hour of it now. Start now, not later, whenever you have a tough deadline. Because anything you do before you start the project is probably procrastination. You might think it's something important you got to do, but it's probably procrastination. So start now. If you have that white paper that has to get done tomorrow, work on it for an hour right now. Get started. Get some momentum. Trust me, you feel much better if you do. And here's another tip. Use the 50-minute focus technique. Now, I've spoken about the 50-minute focus technique a few times in these podcast episodes. And it's simply this. What you do is you set a timer. It can be a timer on your computer or on your watch or on your iPhone or mobile device. Set it to uh, give you a ring at 50 minutes and then just focus on that project that you need to write for 50 minutes. Most people can focus for 50 minutes. You don't answer email, you uh, shut the door, you don't answer your phone, you don't have any other distractions. You just focus on that project for 50 minutes and avoid thinking or doing anything else. Uh, if you can do that, you'd be surprised at how much you can accomplish on a project in 50 minutes. You can make a lot of progress in 50 minutes. And by the way, it doesn't have to be a 50-minute chunk of time. It can be one hour. It can be 30 minutes. I know a writer who actually writes in 10-minute chunks, but she sets a timer. She totally focuses for that 10 minutes. When the ringer goes off, then she does something else. She has kids, so that's how she uses it. She uses a 10-minute focus. But uh, whatever it is, that focus period of time with the timer can, uh, can really lower deadline stress because you accomplish so much so quickly. So try that technique. That can work very well. And here's a final technique that I've been trying recently that works surprisingly well. It's going to sound a little bit silly, so bear with me on this one. And that is make your own progress bar. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm sure you've uh, downloaded apps and software and software updates on your computer. And you've probably noticed as, as the software is installing, there's a progress bar that shows you how much progress uh, is, 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 ha, has been done so far in, in installing your software. 
The progress bar is there to help you feel less stressed <laughs> by the installation of the software. It has nothing to do with the software. And I've been told it doesn't really give you a, a, a accurate picture of how much progress the software has made in installing itself. It's just there to make you feel better. But it works because it does make you feel better. You get a sense of progress, a sense of something happening. Well, you can do that yourself in your writing projects. And here's the way I do it. I have index cards and I have a bulletin board. And on each index card, I will write down a certain milestone I want to hit on a project. For example, one index card might be researching. The next index card might be coming up with ideas and a general strategy for writing the piece. The next one might be rough outline. The next card might be rough draft and then polished draft and then, you know, proofreading and submitting it to the clients. So I might have five or six cards with labels like that. And whenever I'm finished one part of the project, uh, let's say it's researching, I'll put that up on the bulletin board. When I finish the next part of the project, I'll put the index card on my bulletin board next to that, and it creates a progress bar. <laughs> okay, and I can see the progress from beginning to end. And I know it seems silly, but it, it certainly reduces stress because I can see the progress I'm making on a particular project. I know how much further I have to go. And it's really nice when I get towards the end of my progress bar and I only have one part left to do. It's very motivating and it's a relief of stress. So something you might want to try is create your own progress bar. Yeah, I know it's a little odd, but it's been working for me and I thought I'd share it with you. So that's this week's B2B Writing Success Podcast. I hope you found this information useful. And would you do me a favor? If you have any tips or suggestions or topic ideas, uh, send me an email. You can reach me at steve at steveslawnwhite.com and you can reach me right there. And for past episodes of the B2B Writing Success Podcast, you can get those either on iTunes or at www.b2bwritingsuccess.com. You can find them right there. So until next week, have a great week with your B2B writing or copywriting business. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Slonwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com.